You are listening to the 3CR podcast of Psychedelia. Psychedelia is broadcast live every Sunday from 2pm. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information, head to 3cr.org.au. Television is self-defeating. It's a multiplier for the industry. It increases the price, but doesn't decrease demand. The drug war began with the process of colonisation. The current measures are based on fear. Good afternoon and welcome to Encyclopedia. This is 3CR and thank you very much to Freedom of Species back next week from 1pm. Uh, if you want to find out more about them, head to the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au. Follow the links to the program page and that way you can find their podcast, which you can subscribe to. You can find their website, their social media, get in contact with them in a number of ways. And you can do that for most shows on 3CR. Uh, and we have all been broadcasting from isolation in these strange times. Uh, right now I'm standing in my backyard on a very wet uh, Friday afternoon, admiring the uh, chicken's tenacity for uh, the sogginess. Soggy feathers? They don't mind. Um, on this afternoon's program, we're going to have a talk from Kathleen Harrison, who uh, spoke at the EGA Entheogenesis Australis 2019 uh, Psychedelic Symposium uh, Garden States, uh, which, by the way, if you are online right now or near a computer, uh, there is a live EGA uh, event happening right now, um, which you can tune into. It's on YouTube. Uh, find their YouTube channel, Entheogenesis Australis. Uh, we'll post it on social media as well. Um, and we'll have some audio from that uh, for a future show. Uh, they're also raising money at the moment uh, for some exciting new projects. EGA are working on uh, two major projects, uh, both centred around their uh, online presence, as we're all building our online presences. Uh, and uh, one of them will be a uh, website dedicated to more long-form uh, content about uh, ethnobotanical issues uh, in Australia. So if you want to support that, uh, it is a one of a kind in Australia. Uh, their fundraiser is at EGA uh, at their website, which I'll post a link to that as well. Uh, and the other part of their um, the fundraiser is going towards uh, building a website for their um, main event, the big outdoor psychedelic symposiums, uh, which if you've ever been to, amazing events. Uh, the next one's looking like 2021, 2022. Hard to tell right now, hard to tell what's going on in the world. Uh, um, subscribe as well to 3CR to help keep us on the air. Uh, you can subscribe anytime and find a uh, rate that matches your ability to put some money out there. 3cr.org.au and uh, follow the links to be able to subscribe. I had a bit of a weird week this week. Uh, my Facebook um, account, which I've had since about 2005, I think, uh, was unceremoniously deleted um, with only one paragraph of explanation, which tells me I have violated the community standards and go read the community standards. Not entirely sure what I apparently did. Um, looks like uh, I had a insecure old email address and somebody, uh, according to my um, emails and IP tracking, somebody from the Philippines was trying to get into some gaming accounts, discovered my Facebook was attached to it and did something nasty. That's what I think happened, but Facebook doesn't make it clear at all to know what actually did happen. And there is no path for 
resolution for conversation for anything beyond their algorithm. So um, that's been a weird thing. I mean, I know Facebook is kind of the big digital uh, boogeyman, um, but gosh, um, there's a lot of stuff on there. And to have it just deleted out from under you uh, is quite shocking, especially when you're unclear seems it was probably the hack but i don't really know uh so other so for in psychedelia we are um, looking for more support and we will be putting out some calls for more support for our social media i can't be on facebook i'm gonna be doing other things anyway i feel like a, it's a good uh, opportunity to start uh looking at creating more content rather than scrolly 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 through the we'll be hearing about psychedelics feminism and the underground shortly Right now, here's some music. Uh, it's from the US. It's from a album uh, whose funds went towards supporting uh, the Standing Rock protesters. This is in Psychedelia on 3CR. Thank you. 
3CR Community Radio 855AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. Looking for an easy way to keep up with your annual 3CR subscription? You can now set up an annual debit from your bank account or credit card, and once a year your payment will be automatically deducted. You can cancel at any time and you'll get a reminder each year before payment. Be a constant supporter of Melbourne's precious independent community radio station and set up a recurring payment today. Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Genesis Australis has been providing 20 years of critical thinking and balanced discussion on pharmacology, neurosciences, philosophy, anthropology, history and related areas of study on medicinal plants and related compounds. Altered states of consciousness have long been a fundamental part of human culture and we are only now beginning to understand the role psychedelics will play in our future. Over 60 professionally produced videos from previous conferences. Visit youtube.com forward slash entheotv. That's E-N-T-H-E-O-T-V. The molecular changes based on feedback from our environment is what makes us each a unique biochemical individual. Entheogenesis Australis is a not-for-profit organisation that supports a fact-based approach towards drug use, research and policy development. Visit YouTube Entheo TV. Um, thank you all. Thank you for inviting me. It's my first trip to Australia. I've just come from a week in Tasmania with nature-loving people and my mind is just blown and delighted by all of that. And, um, and I'm besides plants, I'm meeting a lot of cool people. So thank you. <laughs> I, I want to talk about feminine awareness in uh, various different ways and aspects that you might, uh, might reflect on with me. First of all, I will say, oh, and let me uh, jump through a couple of slides here. I only have a few, so um, uh, I'll mention botanical dimensions, and uh, there it is, to collect, protect, propagate, and understand and the plants and, um, and the fungi in human use, but also their lore, and the lore is the stories. And so the stories is where I learn a lot, and that's a lot of how I teach, too, and what I share. Because the lore, lore comes from the same word as learn. It's an old word for both learn and to teach. 
and um, and that's that transmission of what we're gathering and then what we're sharing and the way that we do that by telling and by showing and by modeling for society at large what do people who take psychedelics look like and what do they do and what are our values and um, and so I, I feel that that's a really important part of it is living a psychedelic life whatever that may mean is a part of the medicine that we are given by these plants and dr- and mushrooms and and in some cases drugs I'm I'm a uh, you know, I'm old school. I've been doing this for 50 years, like a few other people here, and um, taking psychedelics. And I give a great big, you know, thank you and nod to LSD for blowing my mind in the first place and putting me in this uh, in this realm. And uh, but over the years, as much as I still go back and shake LSD's hand now and then, I um, I really am a plant and mushroom person. And so it's not about, you know, all the acronymed things. I don't really know them so well, but I do know something about being psychedelic. And I think you do too. So I want to talk about that awareness, those tools that we learn, the ways that it affects our values in our life choices when we're not maybe on psychedelics, but we're living a psychedelic life. What does that mean and what is our role then in the planet? And I feel this is where the feminine comes in, where feminine qualities in ourselves, each of us, men and women, we all, as you surely know, if you've ever taken anything, we all have both the masculine and the feminine within us. And we're manifesting that in various forms and degrees of balance. And also what are the feminine qualities in the plants and the mushrooms themselves and and in the society that they generate of which this is part um but i but i try to couch whatever i am considering any question that i'm considering at the moment in this in this perspective in the ethnobotanical perspective that we are living in a world of plants that we are living in a world of nature and uh we are nature and that, for me, grounds me. I feel that um, I don't want to go off too far on the uh, discussing research, although it's such a lively topic and we just and we just turned it over. Um, so I'm not going to right this moment, but I'll probably get back to it. <laughs> So one of my approaches, and uh, the older I get, the more I feel that I just teach techniques. Um, almost like um, psychic housekeeping and uh, ways of relating to each other, and each other would include the plants and mushrooms. And um, and so one of my um, simplest methods for that is is personifying. It's personifying nature, and with the idea that each species is a being, and our species is a single being. And as though, you know, whether you're from North America or Europe or Australia, you know that indigenous people tend to personify each species. This is when Coyote arrived on the scene. And this is what happened when he met Bear. And here 
we have Wombat and what did he or she arise from, what story, and when human met wombat, what was their first conversation? So it's like where we take each species up to the level of being a theatrical character because we're looking at their essential qualities. And that I find when I'm meeting a plant, whether I'm meeting it in the woods, whether as I am here meeting all these new species and even new families of plants, or whether I, especially when I ingest one, um, then my question is, hello, who are you? So nice to meet you. Welcome to my body. Welcome to my perceptions. What do I see in the world now that you are walking in my body, now that you are looking through my eyes, now that I am looking through your eyes? That's this, this integration, this, this um, matrix that we're all part of. But I, I find that the psychedelic state allows us to remember that we're in this matrix and that when we're engaged in that intimate kind of dance with another species, asking to be given the gift of its consciousness or its uh, windows through which it sees other consciousnesses, then, um, then we're, that's a very deeply feminine embeddedness in the, in the presumed consciousness of another species. It's interspecies communication on the deepest level. It's like being lovers. And, and so I, don't think of it exactly as I'm taking a mushroom and it's going to, you know, then I'm going to go do this. It's like I'm really diving into a, a deep cellular communication with another organism that has this opportunity of a few hours to uh, have hands and feet and speak and move and be part human. And for me, for a few hours, I get to feel that mycelial network and guess at those relationships of where that reaches and how many other organisms that's connected to and what kind of communications are flowing between them. It's nature love. It really is. But it's also um, such a rare opportunity to be in the consciousness of another species that kind of experience is a very feminine experience. It is the part of us that gives in, that quiets down, that listens, that is receptive, that is weaving things together. And the weaver and the mender is, is one of those archetypes that's just so crucial right now. It always has been all through human history, but I think it's it's one of the roles that psychedelic people have right now, that healers of all sorts have. But speaking for us, um, that we're really part of what we're doing, part of this fascination. We may think of it as a social movement. We may think of it as a quest for personal healing. But part of what we're doing is as fast as the world seems to be coming apart and going crazy, we're trying to weave it back together in little ways. And we each have ways of doing that. It's by connecting with each other. Sometimes it's energetic by getting into an altered state and dancing or making music or art in some way. Sometimes it's just emoting, just, you know, remembering what love feels like or, or remembering what peace feels like and rebalancing. So I've worked a lot with indigenous people in uh, Latin America way back in the 70s with the ayahuasca uh, some ayahuasca people, you know, before the, um, 
the complicated uh, developments of the last few decades, um, which have kind of made me step back from from that um, world and, and from that beautiful medicine, although I, I still hold it very dear in my heart. But um, my work just doesn't feel like it's in that. And so um, I have... Uh, worked in the last 23 years with uh, Mazatec people in Mexico, and I'm going to give a talk about that, I think, on Sunday. And they are renowned for working with um, various psilocybin mushroom species and um, salvia divinorum. And uh, so I'm going to talk about that, and I've been asked to specifically talk about that great mystery, salvia divinorum. Um, But uh, one of the gifts they've given me this clan that I've worked with, um, is, is a, another set of eyes so that when I'm in this culture, I, and something happens, something feels off kilter, something unexpected occurs, a question arises that I'm applying my logic to, but it's not really getting to the, the beginning of the answer then I just remember, oh, yes, what, how would these people who live in another worldview entirely and whom I know very, very well, I have godchildren there, I've, we've taken many mushrooms together, we've prayed together in all sorts of situations, I've watched their tragedies and they've watched mine. And um, so how would they see the situation? For me, that's a feminine perspective. It is rooted in how we walk through the world. Your problems occur in a, to a person, to a family, because of loss of balance, most of all. So techniques of seeking balance, finding balance, maintaining balance, restoring it when it wobbles, are primary shamanic techniques for living uh, uh, very intelligent, astute, and yet grounded in the heart, observant of nature, thinking in the long term, many generations back, many generations forward. Those are the, the aspects of um, these very poor and imperfect indigenous people that I just have been blessed to connect with. And I, whenever I step back into that, out of my intellectual American uh, you know, the gender's out of balance, the power gone nuts, the, you know, the news, all of the stuff that is so distressing to so many of us. Whenever I step back into that, how would they see this particular moment or this situation? Then I'm grounded again. So I, and then I have a different perspective. So I find that that's feminine, to be grounded, to be in balance, to be... um to let go of the thousand distractions and worries and agendas and grudges and all those things that we have piled on us like we're a tower of, uh, that can't balance, you know, each one of us. I think it's just like the modern condition. And to get back to that um, flowing, rooted uh, reality is, um, is just, that's the medicine. That's the medicine for me. And that gives me then my sense of my work and the next bit of the path. We're all looking for our path, I think, and our paths are collective and to some extent individual. And we need to be um, 
connected to the whole. We need to be connected to the matrix to have insight about what our path is. The shamanic state, the psychedelic state, it manifests all things. We know that that's possible. Um, crossing that threshold into out of daily life and into that other kind of awareness where we can understand things in a different way than we can in daily life, where we can recognize from, from my point of view, and I, I don't want to project onto all of you, so I, I'm just going to share um, how I experience it and trust that uh, many of you do too in a similar way. But that insight into where are things torn, where uh, is there something that is within my reach to help, to mend, to soothe, to compliment, to appreciate, to celebrate. What We each have all those realms within our reach, and sometimes we're just so focused on that thing that we haven't reached yet, that thing, that goal beyond us, that that uh, lack of something, that, that the grinding aspect of life, you know, that we forget to be in that state. I've said many times that people, uh, the Mazatec people I've worked with um, particularly, but you've seen it in ayahuasca circles, and we've seen it in our own homes, in our own lives. Psychedelics make us grateful, don't they? Don't you have a moment where you really, or a long moment or an hour, where you really feel grateful to be alive and you really realize that despite the problems, despite the unfinishedness of this project of being alive, that um, we're so blessed by the beauty and by the collective, by community and by these little, these little organisms that offer themselves to us to be, to increase our awareness, to um, empower us to be more interactive in this weaving kind of way in the world. Australian music needs your help. Music festivals, concerts and local gigs have been cancelled due to coronavirus. Artists, crew and music workers have lost their jobs and don't know when their next gig will happen. We're all facing the sound of silence. But you can help. Visit thesoundofsilence.com.au now. Well, brothers and sisters, what a show of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school, kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMAR. Your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminuaya Mōbohina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio. Your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. COVID-19 is a sickness that can spread from person to person. It can be dangerous. 
especially for our elders or people who are already unwell. We can all help stop the spread in our communities. Cover a cough with the inside of your elbow instead of your hand. Wash your hands with soap for at least 20 seconds after you cough or sneeze. Go to the toilet and before you make any food. Keep away from people who are sick, coughing or sneezing. Avoid going to places where there are lots of people. At this time, it is best to stay at home and away from other people as much as we can. If you're feeling unwell, have a fever, cough or sore throat, or worried about someone else, phone your doctor, clinic or medical service right away for advice. It is important to stay connected and strong as a community and keep our mob safe. Visit health.gov.au or your local health service for more information. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. A 3CR supporter. On Monday the 23rd of March, 3CR closed its doors to all presenters so that we could do our bit to help stop the spread of COVID-19. We understand that it's important for people to be able to stay at home at this time in order to reduce the number of people affected and thereby reduce the stress on our health system. Since the 3CR shutdown, programmers and volunteers have been working remotely to create new content and produce their show from home. We'll continue to bring you dynamic, up-to-date community radio during the COVID-19 crisis, so keep listening.
brings healing. Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. Water brings healing and life. cr.org.au 855am and 3CR Digital. You can also um, subscribe to our podcast. Uh, It's been a little um, off over the past couple of weeks. There's been some strange, I don't know, is this like stage three of COVID-19 weirdness? I can't keep up anymore. Um, We're going to go back to the conversation with uh, Kathleen Harrison now. Uh, This was recorded at the Entheogenesis Australis uh, Outdoor Conference. I think I said earlier that it was uh, recorded at the Garden States event, but no, it was the Outdoor Conference uh, December 8th, 2017, uh, feminist, uh, Feminine Awareness and Visionary Medicine uh, was the title of it. You can find the uh, video for this at the EGA YouTube channel, which is also where you can go right now if you are online or near a computer or have a phone that will do the computing things uh, and go and watch uh, an EGA live event that's happening right now. Uh, it will be available afterwards as well, but if you're into things that are happening right now, uh, I mean, you're listening to the show right now, but I... Depends on how many devices you have. Entheogenesis Australis or Entheo TV is the YouTube channel. Uh, go find it. Kathleen has been asking, what is the role of feminine awareness in relationship to vis- uh, visionary species of plants? She says, we often personify powerful plant species as spirits, many of them female. We can examine how this perception affects our relationship with them and their effects on us. Curiosity, compassion, and truth-telling are qualities that plants and mushrooms sometimes exhibit, just as we do. Let's follow that line of thought together with Kathleen Harrison. I feel that the underground itself is feminine, that it's distributed throughout, that it's a matrix. It's not perfect. We know that there are hierarchies and strange, you know, all the things that lack of uh, an overarching control can generate, but... It's like the ground. It's where the roots are. It's where things move. It's where a lot of innovation happens. And um, personally, I just trust the underground. I, I trust the underground at each of these moments, including when we're challenged to, you know, we're going in, in the States right now. And ironically, in California, despite the reputation it likes to think it has, we're going through an absolutely absurd circus of pseudo legalization of cannabis. And um, and I trust that the underground is going to work with the plant to keep 
a lot of us nicely high, no matter what the heck all those powers that be try to do while they're pretending that it's legalization. And, um, and, and I think that that model, we're working it out with cannabis right now. We worked it out with alcohol there, you know, uh, 80 years ago. Um, we have to keep working it out, apparently. <laughs> um, but I think that model of the, the, the balance between the underground prohibition, sorry, the lifting of prohibition and, the, and then the controls, the new form of controls that come in, um, I want to be in the roots of that. You know, I want to be the one who's always like planting seeds and feeling what is the zeitgeist that's underneath. What is actually healing the people? What is actually helping um, soothe the fever of the planet? And again, I've learned from from healers that that's our that that's our real job. That as conscious people, our real job is every day to calm the world a little bit. There's no way we can make it too calm. It will never be too calm. It's just to add some awareness, a prayer, uh, an action, whatever form your consciousness exhibits, to add that to the world so that we can calm and soothe this wild, wild world a little bit and and in the process, that's what heals us. We're giving to the big picture. We're giving because we know it always needs it. And then if we've got our own stuff, that helps us with our own stuff. So this is a feminine principle, I believe. The, the underground, the innovation, the, uh, the way of nurturing that comes, that arises through intuition in individuals, in families, in collectives, the way we raise our children, the way we take care of our elders who are dying, the way we go through birthing, all these things that are, that are informed by our psychedelic experience. And they're not all controllable. There is no top down on, or there attempts to be, but we're not following it on how we do each of those things. These are primary, ancient, eternal human behaviors and values. And, uh, and I feel that the, the plants and the mushrooms are each in their own way because they're each unique in what they offer, but they're each helping us see ways to be more whole as a collective and ways to help um, uh, soothe this craziness. It's intense as you all know, to go into really thinking about the madness in the world when you're in one of these states. It's intense every day, isn't it? But, but particularly, say, you've taken, you know, a nice big dose of psilocybin mushrooms and you start meditating on the way the world seems to be going. And, um, and then I think there's a role there. It's part of witnessing um, which is, which is really sorrow, you know, allowing us to feel in that state when your heart is open and your mind is aware to feel the loss of species, to feel the discomfort and poverty of so many people in the world, to feel, you know, the power of ignorance and, uh, how it seems to be on the rise. Um, and, and so that's when, I've said before, that's when I feel that 
uh, the kind of bathing yourself in your own tears, you know, just tears of reality, just like, oh, it's just a beautiful, tragic, joyous, wild place. And I want to feel all of it. And that's part of the medicine that we give back. This whole thing is reciprocal. One of the reasons that I think it's really important to look back at these traditions and at these techniques, at these shamanic techniques, um, at the way that ceremonies are managed or whether healers train by doing something by themselves many times in the wilderness alone or whether they are apprenticed for years to one species and then to another. All of these ancient methods are are so they're they're the folk research that has been going on for 10,000 100,000 years. It seems now from the evidence quite possible that other species of humans like the Neanderthals were doing ceremonies. They have ritual grave sites. They knew plants. There's cannabis showing up in the old, older and older graves all of the time, you know, and uh, the mushrooms, all of these things. So, and we know that people have been gathering around fires and singing songs and um, telling stories, but also engaging with these, these insightful agents, these plants and, and fungi for, you know, many thousands of years. And my method is not to find someone else's system and copy it exactly. That's strange in a few different ways and uncomfortable. But also it's not needed because we all really have ancestors who participated in things like this. Whether, I mean, most of us here are European descended and that seems to be the way at psychedelic conferences. We must be the people who... Um, you know, who really need it and who also have the privilege to be able to explore these realms in the 20th and 21st century. But, but I look back at these techniques, at these ways of knowing, because somebody's been doing research for a really long time, undocumented, not hierarchical, not recorded in written language, passed down in stories, ceremony to ceremony passed on. And those are like there's a pattern of shamanic behavior, of ways to be in these states. It's like a template where there's only so many ways to um, use a rattle, to make percussion, to change the energy in a situation that's awkward, to change the rhythm of a song so that it soothes everyone in the circle after a scare or a spook to sweep people with leaves and smoke and cleanse them and lighten them up. These techniques have been used around the world for far longer than we can even guess at, and they're just as powerful today. But I don't think we should um, dismiss them or think even unconsciously, I'm sure you wouldn't say this out loud, but think they're quaint, that era is over, now we're doing research, this is how we document it, whether it's contemporary sanctioned research or contemporary unsanctioned research. There's a long history here. Folk research, another feminine aspect of what a society does, means it's happening 
in your home. It's happening in your mind. It's happening in your garden. It's happening among friends. It's happening at festivals. It's happening in very serious healing circles. It's happening in, in um, loving relationships, in uh, parent and children relationships. And, and that is all folk research. It's what's gotten us this far. We've been doing it with herbs and medicinal herbs. We've been doing it with psychedelic plants and fungi. We've been doing it with techniques that take care of the world for a very, very long time. And to me, that's the book. That's the book that we look at and that we learn from and then incorporate those into going forward. And we're not mimicking a particular culture, doing a particular thing, because these are archetypal, archetypal behaviors that archaic people have always done. And we come from archaic people as well. It's in our memories and it arises through intuition. So learning intuition, learning to listen to one's intuition, which psychedelics are so helpful with, Letting stuff well up and not directing it. When I, many years ago, working in the Amazon, a, a wonderful little old woman, she said, uh, she said a couple of things. She said, I'm no shaman, but I've always hung out with shamans and curanderos because uh, uh, I just learned so much. So I just feed them and they, they let me hang out. And here's something I learned. She said, uh, you people from other places, you always think you know what you're looking for. And then you miss what's offering itself to you right in front of you. The spend that sense that you're sure what you're looking for and just see what speaks to you. It's all ready to like murmur and whisper. But you have to slow way down and not have expectations and let the world well up and offer itself to you. And in that state of mind, you'll hear it, you'll understand it, you'll receive a little nugget, you'll be able to carry that with you and turn that nugget or that gem over and over and over and get more and more from it. But you won't find it if you're looking for it. So I thought, now that's a feminine perspective on learning, on being, and on the plants and how they present themselves to us. I think we've talked about that a bit. I'll say about this image that uh, that was dug up under a village in uh, the Ecuadorian Amazon about 30 years ago uh, by the people who still live in that village. And they said it came from their ancestors. And it, it's, a, it's a vessel. It's a ceramic vessel um, for pouring the prepared ayahuasca into before the ceremony to serve it. And so the vessel is the human head. And uh, the plants, after they're brewed, are poured into it and served out of there. And it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful metaphor. I thought I would share that with you. And I also want to talk about an aspect of the feminine that I think is really important. And that's, I feel that the feminine intelligence, again, in men or in women, that this is an aspect of our intelligence, which I call cutting through, seeing through the ability to part veils and actually see what's through behind the veil to take the, the um, like the tarot card of the swords, the queen of swords and, and just this, this ability to pierce the illusion and say what you see um, to be a straight shooter in for the best possible reasons. But that kind of intelligence, it's a clear 
sharp, uh, forthright kind of intelligence. And I'd be surprised if you don't know a woman who has that kind of intelligence and, uh, and that you have it in yourself, even if you're not a woman. And I want to show you this example. This is an Ecuadorian deity of the gardens for the Quechua people, Nunguli. And she's both the, the great mother of every garden in the jungle. She's living there. There are stones and snakes and things that represent her in every garden. She's a warrior of protecting the garden and of relating to the problems even that come from under the soil. And she's nourishing it at the same time. And everyone prays that this fierce, loving garden mother will show up in their garden because it's the only way that they will really grow food and nourish their families. And, and to me, I thought, now that's, that's that aspect of the feminine, that clear, directed, intelligent, discerning. And so discernment is one of the qualities that I feel is sometimes in short supply in um, at least parts of the psychedelic community. And I, I don't know many Australians yet, and I haven't really like gotten deeply into your psychedelic society yet, but um, I know you too. Uh, some of you come and go from South America or the ayahuasca reaches out in that way that it does talk about a plant and wondering what its story is, you know, reaches out and uh, touches people around the planet. But um, it's so enchanting and it's so the, the experience, the ayahuasca experience itself is so variable. It's a recipe. It's not a single species, you know, so it's more variable than all these others we're talking about. Never made quite the same way twice. And then there's so many other costumes and decorations and desires and peer pressure and expertise and poseurs and, you know, all of that in that particular, in this 21st century ayahuasca world, that I would say the thing that people wading into that world or up to their eyebrows in that world need is discernment that with all kinds of shamanism, with all kinds of calls for help, um, we need to have that ability to discern whether the practitioner or whether the, the drug itself or whether the setting or whether the friends who just pulled you into it are actually your medicine, are actually there in some way for you, to help you. And that discernment is... Um, is a balancing part of that feminine principle, I think. It's that clear seeing. And, and we get so swept up into these movements, and then we don't really pause often, at least until we're old, <laughs> and say, uh, is this really the next step I want to take? Maybe I want to take it, but not here, not right now, not with these people, not with that brew. I don't have a really good feeling about that practitioner there who just laid all this out, even if I did just pay $300, I still don't have to do it if it's not really the best thing for me. Discerning those aspects and then discerning that from our natural dread of a big, exciting new experience, telling the difference there, you know? I, I think that's really a, a skill set that we're not that good at yet and that I, I describe it in this detail in the hopes that it will give you, um, you know, a list of questions to work from 
So you'll be okay. The more that you're okay, each of you, and balanced, and then that radiates from you into the people around you and into the passion that you have for doing something into the wor- in the world and the quality of, of, of whatever you do, um, that will all just be improved if you are very careful about every step that you take. I come from a time when we were all you know, taking handfuls of LSD and we didn't know who'd made it or where it came from. And we didn't, it was, it was a wonderful, you know, Dionysus inspired chaos. And there were many casualties and there was a lot of brilliance and, um, and I don't regret a moment of it. And, and for our species, I think that that unregulated chaos was actually absolutely what we needed. We just needed to, you know, take that basket of everything and just shake it all up. And and I'm grateful that LSD turned up in the amounts that it did, when it did, without any uh, licenses and without uh, without any of the controls on it, because it swept through like a great, like it just washed through, um, washed through us and caused. You know, I I really give that uh, credit for a lot of the social change, the positive social change that has happened since then in terms of our reviewing our values and reviewing our cultural habits and, um, you know, changing uh, our relationship to nature and to food and to family and to birth and to death and to um, um, how we take care of each other. Um, and, and that gets modeled then in these 50 years later in these uh, settings where at festivals we take care of each other, you know, at uh, um, in truth talking with your family or your partner um, in these ways that if you grew up in the 40s or the 50s, um, which sounds like an incredibly long time ago, uh, that didn't happen, you know, um, I mean, our it was a, it was a different type of communication and a different type of society. And at least from my point of view, and I know many others, um, this great uh, wash of change came through, which was experienced as a matrix, and which was experienced as feminine qualities, and allowed feminine qualities in individuals who would not have acknowledged them to arise and to inform us and to help us be better human beings, better artists, better scientists, better whatever, whatever we, we have chosen to be, whatever path we're following. So one of the questions is just this one. It, it relates to what I said about my Mazatec friends. It, it's just when faced with any decision or any conundrum, small or large, but particularly when you feel like you're constricted, you get it. It's an energetic thing. You feel it constricted, have to make a decision. Ask yourself this question. Is there some completely different way to look at this? Is there some way to take whatever the situation is and turn it around and around and really look at it in the way that you would do if you were on a psychedelic, embodying that kind of awareness that we develop over over many experiences over, over years and using it in your daily life. Maybe you do already, but not everyone does. So I bring it up as one 
small offering because I do think that uh, that the cures arise. There's an old medieval saying I've quoted before: um, "Cures arise; they come to mind; they appear at hand because they are nearby." And that is the way it has always been. And that's about the plants that you need showing up near where you need them. But in this case, our, our millennium needed this kind of medicine. And it arose. And aren't we grateful for it? So thank you very much. And Psychedelia on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au. My name is Nick and uh, we've been hearing from uh, an Antiogenesis Australis talk recorded at the 2017 Psychedelic uh, Symposium. Uh, but if you want to get some live new content happening right now, jump onto YouTube, head to youtube.com forward slash NTOTV where there is a live stream happening right now. Uh, you can also support their fundraising uh, project to help them uh, build more local ethnobotanical content. Um, if you do have a dollar to spare, make sure to also support those of us who are uh, getting these messages out there. Here at 3CR, we have hundreds of volunteers uh, putting together thousands of hours of radio uh, every week. Jeez, um, I, might not, I might not be doing my maths right there, but we do a, a lot of original content and there are some award-winning shows on 3CR um, covering issues that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Uh, subscribe to us. Help us keep everything going and help us build uh, our networks and build our conversation with you. 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the subscribe page. That's about all that we've got time for this week. Uh, I will have more updates for you soon. I'm sorry, it's been a mad uh, month. I've been sick this week. My Facebook got deleted for no reason. And now I'm having to figure out how to do everything via email, which I probably should have done in the first place. I hear some of you who are already off Facebook going, <laughs> should have got off that sooner. And I hear you. Yes, I should have. It's... Uh, it's a whole other, you know, there's a whole other radio show in talking about uh, data security, data rights and the, the future and how we're handling that as a society. But I'm not going to grab it on any, any further because uh, Queering the Air are up next and I want you to uh, listen to them. <laughs> Enjoy your Sunday afternoon. Find us at 3cr.org.au. See ya. This is Psychedelia. Psychedelia. For more information, visit Encyclopedia.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Encyclopedia does not condone or condemn people who use drugs for their choices. Our aim is to present the diverse intersections of psychoactive drugs and society. If you are concerned about your own drug use or a friend's drug use, Direct Line provides a free and confidential counselling service 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call 1-800-888-236. And Psychedelia will be back on 3CR from 2pm next Sunday. 2pm next Sunday. This has been a 3CR podcast. You can hear Encyclopedia live every Sunday from 2pm. Head to 3cr.org.au for more.